Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 100 of the From Ballparks of Buzzer Beer Sportscast. I'm sure you guys know that. Um, we've only been talking about it here for the past 10 weeks. So, um, you guys definitely know that's number 100 here. And just to start off, I know there's been a couple people that have been here for the past two years listening, so just want to say thank you. Those people, if you start listening, even two episodes, thank you for listening. Um, always appreciate it. Guys, please let anybody know if you think they would enjoy this podcast. Um, please, just let anybody know. Um, and I'd love to hear from you guys if you do enjoy the podcast as well. Um, just, and, you know, what you think, the po- where you think the episodes can improve where you think um they're lacking please guys please let me know but we made it episode 100 almost around um just looking at this time frame guys it's july of 2022 here uh july what am i saying it's it's um december of 2022 the first episode was about the James Harden train in Brooklyn um, around January of 2021. So just think about that for a second. I think our first couple episodes were about James Harden and were about Tavante Smith winning the Heisman Trophy. So that is very a very, very long time ago. Um, right, right in the heart of um, the first, the 2021 NFL playoffs where the Tampa Bay Bucks end up winning the Super Bowl. But for today, guys, I didn't want to vent a lot about the Patriots because I've done that the past three weeks. And holy, is there a lot about about is there? Can I vent a lot about the Patriots this week? Um, but I want to do an episode with some more entertaining stuff, probably for you guys, and also next. Next episode, just coming out December 29th at noon, that episode's going to be a year in review of all the Boston sports. So we'll talk about the Celtics, just calendar year, not season, so calendar year. So we'll talk about the Celtics going back to when Ime Doka was their head coach, the Bruins going back to when Bruce Cassidy was their coach, the Red Sox when they sell Xander Bogarts. And um, so we'll talk about that um, next week. So we'll do a ton of venting about the Patriots. Um, as I'm sure as last year, at the beginning of the year, they were playing the Jacksonville Jaguars being the 50-10. to 10. That was their first game last year. So we're going to go all the way from the Patriots, basically playoff loss to now. And boy, 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 what has changed in Foxborough. We've had some great segments here um, through these 100 episodes. The bracket breakdowns I think you guys have enjoyed. The playoff breakdown, I think, is my favorite part of the show. Quite honestly, I love doing those storylines, X-Factors, key matchups. I love doing those. Um, I love just venting about the Patriots. Draft day, um, obviously, we haven't done it in a while due to um, certain circumstances. This day in sports history, we haven't done as a little bit. Uh, trivia, we haven't done a little bit. But if we have guests on, I'm sure we'll bring that stuff back. But I've done this once, and I believe I did it. Um, I can't exactly remember when I did it, but I did do something, a top 10 list, and I can't remember what it was on. I think it was on the best P- 
Patriots games of Tom Brady's tenure. And it might have been after Brady retired. Like, that brief 40-day period is maybe when we've done it. I'm not 100% sure on that. But what I want to do is do the top 100, my top 10 favorite Boston sports athletes of all time. Now, this isn't, you know, best athletes. Like, Tom Brady is on the list, yes, but I'm not going to put him at number one because he's the greatest of all time. And I'm not going to put, you know, a guy like, I don't know, like Marcus Smart on the list just because of what he's done, which is absolutely nothing, by the way. Marcus Smart is not on the list, guys, by the way. Um, but just my personal favorites, take into account, you know, maybe key plays, special players, special wins, just memories overall. Just favorite guys. We have the top 10 here. And what we're going to do is we'll do this, then we'll do a little Patriots preview against the Bengals. I don't want to talk a lot about the Vegas game because we'll do that next week. And then we'll go through quick pick and fancy just like we normally do. But let's start with the top 10. And coming in, I just have two honorable mentions real quick. One is Danny Amendola, wide receiver from the Patriots. Um, I, I love Danny Amendola. I thought he was awesome here. I thought he did exactly what the team needed to do. I, I was just a big Danny Amendola guy. And another honorable mention for me is Brad Marchand. Brad Marchand, I love Marchand. Um, I love how he plays. I think he's one of those guys, you hate him if he's if he's not on your team. You love him if he is. And he's on my team, so I, I love him. So um, he is an honorable mention, though. But coming in at number 10, the most recently departed player on this list, Xander Bogarts. Um, look, I think Xander Bogarts been, has been the perfect player. He's wanted to be in Boston. He's a shortstop. He's very important. He won two titles here. So he brought trophies. He brought the passion for the city. I thought he was always courteous to the fans. He took team-friendly deals. Why didn't we resign him? But I'm a big Xander Bogarts guy. I'm a big Xander Bogarts guy just because of just how much he cared, not only about the wins and the losses, but about the city of Boston and about the fans. It just seemed like he cared a little more than some of those guys on the Red Sox do. And those kind of, it's it's very tough to see him go, um, especially after losing Mookie Betts two years ago. We're going to lose Rafael Devers. So Xander Bogus does make the top 10 list for me. Um, coming in at number nine, Patrice Bergeron. Not going to be the last Bruins player on this list, but I loved Bergeron. I love Bergeron. I mean, the 2013 comeback against the Maple Leafs, now the captain of the Bruins. Just what he's done for the city of Boston, for the Bruins, is remarkable, quite frankly. How he's handled himself throughout his, this tenure. How he plays the game. How he plays both ways. Um, just things that are very impressive to me because you see a lot of athletes slacking off on the defensive end. Bergeron doesn't do that. And he's stabilized the one center position for so long. And that's really an underrated part of what of really the Bergeron, what was the Bergeron, Tuca, Chara, Marchand era. That That's really what it was. It was those four guys, and now it's Bergeron, Marchand, and Krejci. Um, Krejci was also part of that era. But taking team-friendly deals, what he's just locked down for this team. Patriot, the Bruins fans don't realize how lucky they have with Bergeron and Krejci. And once they leave after this year, it's, I, I, well, I think it's going to be after this year. It's going to be a shock. But Patrice Bergeron definitely up there. Coming in at number eight. And this is a guy that 
I'm sure isn't on everybody's list. Um, but just one of my one of my favorite one of my favorite football players to watch ever. Uh James White, running back, uh from the Patriots, retired due to a hip injury at the end of last year. He should have won Super Bowl fifty one MVP. Let's start with that. He he played the game of his life, most receptions in Super Bowl history. I believe he had 14 for 196. He scored three total touchdowns in that game. I mean, come on. Come on, he should have been MVP. Um, I've always had, you know, a soft spot for the pass-catching backs, for the James White. Before that, Deion Lewis, he, who almost made this list, by the way. Um, before that, Shane Vereen. Now, kind of. Ramondre Stevenson or whoever it is, I kind of always have a soft spot for these guys. Maybe it's because the Patriots just use them all the time. I don't know. But James White, I can honestly say, is just one of one of my favorite Patriots players just to watch. To watch him catch the ball, make a move, dive for a first down, dive for the end zone. Just how he, how instrumental he was in that Super Bowl and how much the team misses him this year, missed him last year. And... I, I, I love James White. I truly, truly love James White. And I also love that he only played for the Patriots. That's that's a soft spot in my heart for a lot of these guys. A lot of these guys are, you know, Bogarts and Bergeron have been with one team their entire careers. Bogarts is about to go to the Padres. Danny Amendola, not really. Martian has been with the Bruins his entire career. And some guys on these this other list are pretty much with one team or their most recognizable seasons are with one team. So... I did. I did give a little boost to players like that just because I I tend to favor them more. Um, but James White at number eight, number seven, Paul Pierce, and Paul Pierce was a little before my time. And I know he played for the Wizards and the Clippers and the Nets, but he he, he was essentially a one team guy. Signed a contract to retire at the end of the year, at the end of his career, and that the, I know that doesn't mean a lot to many people, but that kind of raises my st- the stock in my eyes. Of certain people, Kevin Garnett almost made the list as well, but Paul Pierce is the only um, Celtics player on this. Look, I didn't watch Paul Pierce a lot. Um, I'm not gonna lie, his time was the end of his time was kind of the 2008 season was when I really started, you know, kind of getting into basketball when he won that title. The 2010 season, I was more aware, but he's the only Celtics on this list just because I don't find a lot of Celtics players very likable. I think a lot of the older guys are more likable. But, like, Jason Tame, I don't think is especially likable. Marcus Smart, I hate. Jalen Brown, I guess, would be the most likely current player I'm going to put on the list. I love Malcolm Brogdon. I always have a soft spot for the, like, the backup point guards, too. But um, going back to Paul Pierce, every big shot he'd make, he'd stayed with Boston his career through tough years with Rick Pitino. He brought the Celtics a title. He almost brought him back in 2010 if Kendrick Perkins had torn his ACL. Paul Pierce is just Boston true through and through. He lives in LA. His court's a Boston Celtics. So just as you can see, you can kind of see my like criteria for this in my head. But Paul Pierce, I always thought stand-up guy, relatively stand-up guy. Always meant a lot to the city, and that 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 means a lot to me. So Paul Pierce at number seven. Number six, Rob Gronkowski. Um Probably, I would say, one of the more likable dudes on this list. Probably top three in terms of just straight-up likability. I did dock him a couple points for the whole, you know, Tampa Bay fiasco fiasco when he 
you know, came out of retirement and joined. That just didn't sit well with me. Um, it didn't. But so I did dock him. I probably would have been closer to. He might have even cracked the top three. But um, look, he he was always injured, always returning this team. If Gronk was healthy for a couple more playoff runs, this Patriots team might have had seven, eight Super Bowls. Um, I think they would have been the Giants in 2011 if he was fully healthy. I mean, just look at it this way. He was healthy as a Patriot for essentially, where they made it to the Super Bowl, essentially three years. Like, he was pretty much healthy. Like, didn't miss more than a couple games. The year they beat the Seahawks. He was healthy, I believe, the... He was healthy in the year of the Rams year, where they beat the Rams the second time. I can't remember if he was healthy the year of the Eagles year. I want to say he was. And he was relatively healthy for the year of Super Bowl 50, but not super healthy. But Super Bowl 51, he missed too. So, Gronk was a vital piece of this organization. Obviously, super likable guy, super outgoing. Party animal. I just don't think he cares about Boston. Boston. That that was pretty uh, Boston accent-y. But I just don't think he cares about the city as much as some of the other guys on the list. Um, nothing against Gronk, though. I love Gronk. Um, made up some of the greatest years of my life. So, n- number six. Hanging near the top five. Number f- We've got a couple old guys starting off the top five. Number five is Pedro Martinez. I love Pedro. I love that he's come back and coach and helped out with the Red Sox. I loved him just as a Red Sox player. The swagger, the cockiness, the 2004 run, how elite he was. Um, I love Pedro, and he loves Boston, and he loves the fans. So that that means something to me. And I know he played for the Expos, and I know he played for some other teams, but he'll always be a Red Sox to me. Um, I mean, on his Hall of Fame um, plaque, which is um, replica is actually standing right next to me. He has a Boston Red Sox hat on, so that tells you all you need to know about Pedro Martinez. Number four, Bobby Orr. Um, Bobby Orr, main character in one of my favorite, and I think the greatest sports photograph ever taken, where he was tripped by the St. Louis Blues player. I think you know if you're building a Mount Rushmore of Best sports pictures ever taken is probably this one, the Bobby Orr picture. Maybe the OBJ catch um, should be up there. As much as I hate to say it, the David Tyree catch might be up there as well. Just like in recent years. Um, maybe the LeBron chase down block. Maybe the Kawhi ball rolling in as he's scoring on the ground. All of those pictures are up there. And Bobby Orr, I think, is the greatest of all of them. Plus... I know he played for the Blackhawks, but essentially a one-type guy. Plus, I kind of wanted to put that for because that was his jersey number while he was here. But he really started the whole kind of def- defenseman can play offense too and something that I think goes unnoticed. Um, Just really far through the game as well. So, big fan of Bobby Orr, number four on my list. At number three, I've got David Ortiz. Um, I know he played for the Twins, but... Like, guys, come on. Like, this guy was pretty much a one-type guy. Anybody that's, like, one season. Like, I don't... Xander Bogarts obviously isn't going to be a one-season type guy. If he does go to the Hall of Fame, I don't know how likely he is. I think he's going to go into a Red Sox cap. But, like, Paul Pierce, essentially a one-team guy. Like, the last... I know he spent the last three or four years with his... With miscellaneous teams. But he basically got the Celtics, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. And he also retired as a Celtic. Gronk is a little more... 
a little different in my eyes because he won a championship with that team. He wasn't completely washed. Pedro played with, with a team before the Red Sox and after the Red Sox, so Pedro's a little different. Bobby Orr, I mean, one year at the end of his career. David Ortiz, like, a couple years at the beginning of his career. But David Ortiz, big moments. He was there. 04, 2013, 2016, he was there. Hitting home runs. Hitting grand slams. Hitting doubles. There's there's no greater sight, in my opinion, in baseball than David Ortiz just going the opposite way off the green monster stand-up double for Big Poppy. Also, super likable guy, loves Boston, cares about Boston. And I don't think he used PEDs. That's debatable. Um, I'm I'm not closed-minded on, on that, but I do love David Ortiz. Um, number three. Number two is Tom Brady, and I wanted to dock him a little more because lately, these past three years, have been really, really annoying, and he's killed me. I wanted to dock him below Ortiz. I almost did. I almost put him below Oren Martinez, too. I was this close. I figured him and Gronk should kind of be near each other, but the years that Brady had here, um, I mean, every, every photo in my bedroom is something with Brady or something with you know, one of these guys, Ortiz is here, Brewski is here, who almost made the list, by the way. Um, but 2083, Seahawks Super Bowl, the We're on it since and I, 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 I can't say enough. And Tom Brady's one of these guys where I was, I was ganging as a Patriots fan. I was kind of like be starting my prime around the Giants Super Bowl, the second Giants Super Bowl. And then, I mean, I'm a diehard Pats fan. And then I got to watch the second part of the Dynasty, really, just... And it was Brady. It was Brady leading the team back. I mean, you just knew that you weren't out of it. It was um, unfreaking real what Tom Brady could do here. And what he's still doing with Tampa. And I know he's falling off, but still. I docked. He will have been number one. He was certainly number one. If we had done this list three years ago, he would have been number one. Easy. Um, he also has that whole underdog story, a vibe that I like. David Ortiz is, is my entire top three, as you'll see, is number one. My entire top three are kind of underdogs. But Brady has that whole underdog story. I don't like the whole – I didn't like when he went to Tampa Bay. I liked even less when he won a championship. Then I I mean, he's in his third year there. I don't think he's going to stay. If Tom Brady comes back to Foxborough by some way of some high power, we can have a conversation about moving him to one. But – I don't think that's close, and I don't think he's really close to number one. I, my number one pick is a guy I'll forever enjoy, but Brady. I also talked to him a little bit for just the some of the antics. He, it just seemed he's gone a little less about football and a little more about the brand, which, I mean, I get I get that you need to do what you need to do, but I'm good at docking points for that. So Brady at two. And then number one, pretty much without doubt, I this was the first name I wrote down, Julian Elman. Wide receiver. I I love Julian Edelman for, like, I'll give you the three main reasons. One, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of the slot receiver. That's kind of another position where I'm like, okay, I have a soft spot for them. Like the pass catching back. Like that backup point guard. I love Julian Edelman just for that. The underdog aspect. Seventh round pick, Kent State. Started as a quarterback, played a couple, play started as a defensive back in an AFC Championship game, turned into the second most yard, most the second leader in postseason yards in NFL history. My opinion should be a Hall of Famer, G- greatest catch in 
Super Bowl history against the Atlanta Falcons that might be a little biased, but greatest catch. I st- that route that he ran against the Seattle Seahawks to score the game, uh, go-ahead touchdown, I still run that route. I love that route. One team only played for the Patriots, had a chance to leave, didn't leave, probably could have gone to Tampa Bay, didn't go to Tampa Bay. Foxborough forever. He's retired. I'm pretty sure he's not going to come out of retirement. I think he could still help the Patriots. Now, the way that he does for the fans, the way that he loves the Patriots, the way that he loves Belichick, the way that he loves just Boston as a whole, and New England, I guess, but Boston as a whole, makes Julian Edelman an easy number one. Um, So just to run through the list, Edelman at one, Tom Brady at two, Ortiz at three, Bobby Orr at four, Pedro at five. Gronk at 6, Paul Pierce at 7, James White at 8, Patrice Bergeron at 9, Xander Bogarts at 10, Honorable Mentions, Brad Marsh and Damian Modola. I also mentioned Brewski a little bit, Garnett. There was somebody else I mentioned that I can't remember who it was, um, who also didn't, just Justin Pedroia actually did almost make the list as well. But those are my top 10 favorite Boston sports athletes and a couple honorable mentions. Guys, please let me know what you think. Let me know who your favorite athlete is. I'm sure a lot of you guys have Dave Ortiz. I'm sure... I'm sure Gronk is another popular name. I'm sure that James White's kind of a guy that you guys don't have in your top 10. But heading into quick pick, uh, just to preview the Pats game first, we'll do that. Look, tough loss, 7-7. Seven and seven. Out of the playoff picture, they're not making the playoffs. That was a fatal blow. I don't know what Jacoby Myers was doing. I want to go in, into this a little more next week just because we have more time. This is the 100th episode. I kind of want to be a little more... Happy, I guess. So that's why I went kind of back into the past a little bit. Um, but, but, um, this game, but this game, I have them losing 31 to 13. Um, I think Joe Burr is going to be the MVP. My X factor is Mac Jones. I, I, this is a game where he's going to have to win in the shootout. My, cause my key matchup is Jamar Chase and Teagans versus the New England secondary. And I'll tell you right now, the Patriots are not winning that matchup. So, Mac Jones has to win in a shootout. Can he do it? I think this could be a close game, maybe. I've been losing 31 to 13, but I've, this could be a game, I think, where it's like 20 to 13 entering the fourth quarter, and the Patriots get the ball. They punt, and then Bengals kick a field goal, and it's kind of like, okay, it's kind of out there now. And then um, and then um, the Patriots kind of just fold after that. But I think that could happen. Um but I I do like I do like the Bengals in this one. I like Joe Burrow in this one. I think he's gonna absolutely dice dice up this Patriots defense. But quick pick last week we went eleven and five. My fancy breakout last week was Isaiah Pacheco. He had ten points, so we're giving myself a tie for that because that was Reyes' projection. My bust was the Lions running backs, and they both actually combined scored about the same amount of points as Isaiah Pacheco. So that's a win for me. Um, fancy is thirteen eight nine. We've kind of gone hot here. The past couple weeks in fantasy. Quick pick, we went 11-5 last week, making the record 130-92. Pats are 7-7. Seven seven. My record at predicting the Patriots is 6-8. But heading into the Thursday night game, Jacksonville versus the Jets. I told you this Jacksonville-Dallas game was going to be close. I picked Dallas. I, I told you that was going to be a close game. Jacksonville ended up winning. I have them being the Jets, too. I think the Titans are kind of free-falling, and I think the Jag- Jaguars smell a little blood in the water. Will they go get it? I don't know, but if they went out, they're your AFC South Division champions. And I do think they beat the Jets, especially because Zach Wilson is there. Atlanta Falcons taking on the Baltimore Ravens. Very close to the toilet bowl game of the week, but it's not there yet. Um, 
Baltimore just doesn't look the same. I have Atlanta in this one, even with Desmond Ritter. This is kind of my upset pick. I I like them. Um, I do like the Falcons this week. I also like the under, um, just as a general. I think this is going to be a low-scoring game. I think this could be like 16-13, 13-10. This is going to be low-scoring, close, but I do have the Falcons pulling it out here. Detroit Lions taking on the Carolina Panthers. Suddenly two of the hottest teams in the league. Um, I like the Lions in this one. I don't know. Something just tells me. I mean, the Panthers are 4-4 four and four since they fired Matt Rule, so don't sleep on the Carolina Panthers. I mean, they could still make a run. This game matters a lot for both teams. I do like the Lions a little bit more here. This game could get a shootout. I wouldn't be surprised. Seattle Seahawks taking the Chiefs. Seattle's getting 9.5, so I do like Seattle with the points, but I'm taking the Chiefs straight up. They should win this game. They're at home. Um... Coming off kind of a letdown against the Texans. They won, but in overtime, I do like the Chiefs in this one. New Orleans Saints taking on the Cleveland Browns. So close to the total game of the week, but I'm going to give it to the Browns. Um, Browns are 6-8. and eight. Deshaun Watson hasn't looked great. I mean, they're 2-1, but he hasn't looked great. New Orleans hasn't looked great as well. I thought they'd sneak into the playoffs. I mean, they still could. If they get a win, I mean, this NFC South could get very, very competitive over these last Three weeks, but I do like Cleveland this one. Houston, Texas taking on the Titans. Titans have lost four straight. I did not think that would be possible. I think they're pretty much free this week, even though Houston's playing a little bit better. I I just think Derrick Henry's going to go off this week. He always seems to against divisional opponents. Bengals taking on the Patriots. I already mentioned I like the Bengals in this one. 31-13, Joe Burrow, MVP. Um, That game is in Foxborough, by the way. Giants taking on the Minnesota Vikings. This is going to be a close game. I like the Vikings in this one. I, this does scream a little bit of a letdown, though, going up, coming back from 33 points down to the Colts. They should be embarrassed. But it screams a little bit of a letdown. I think this is going to be a very close game. But I do think that at the end of the day, the uh, Missile Vikings will be able to pull out. Buffalo Bills thing on the Chicago Bears. I like Buffalo in this one. Um, Chicago didn't play poorly against the Philadelphia Eagles, but... Something just tells me that Buffalo is going to win this game. Um, Washington Commanders taking on the Niners. I thought the Commanders would win last week. They didn't. If they lose this week, I think they could go back to Carson Wentz. But I do like the Niners in this one. I think the Niners have played some of the best football in the league these past, you know, three weeks. These past, like, seven weeks or so. Um, They've been really, really impressive. Eagles taking on the Dallas Cowboys without Jalen Hurts. Before Jalen Hurts, I was taking the Eagles after the Jalen Hurts injury. I'm taking the Cowboys. That will be reflected in my uh, fantasy picks. But I don't know. I don't trust Dallas. But it feels like they should bounce back this week. I don't know. I think the spread is 5.5. Dallas is going to win by a field goal, but it's going to be close. I wouldn't be surprised to see Gardner Minshew steal this one, though. Um, the Las Vegas Raiders thing on the Pittsburgh Steelers on the Christmas Eve night game. I like the Raiders in this one. Pittsburgh's been playing really, really good football, too. But if the Raiders can win this game, they're right back in the AFC playoff picture. It's crazy at that sounds. The Steelers also still have an outside chance if they do win this game um, as well. These two teams are in very similar spots where one, one loss basically ends their season. I think it actually does end their season. Going into the Christmas Day games, we've got the Green Bay Packers taking on the Miami Dolphins. This, I think, is going to be a closer game than people realize. I just like the Dolphins because they're at home. I think the Packers are going to have a little bit trouble away on the road, Christmas Day, in the Miami Heat. I do like the Dolphins in this one, but I think this is going to be a closer game than people are predicting. Denver Broncos versus the Los Angeles Rams. That's the toilet pool game of the week. Isn't there nothing that you'd rather be doing on Christmas Day at 4.30 than watching the Denver Broncos 
probably without Russell Wilson, taking on the Los Angeles Rams led by Baker Mayfield. Let me know if you had that on your bingo card this season. This could have been a matchup of Super Bowl contenders before the year, but it's not. And I have the Rams winning this one. I just, I, I don't really know what my logic is. I just think Baker Mayfield's going to do enough. I think I think the Rams are going to bring him back as a backup um, next year. Then, then the Sunday night football game, Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking on the Arizona Cardinals. I like the Bucs in this one. Arizona is going to be without Colt McCoy. It's Trace McSorley starting for the Indianapolis Colts. Tampa Bay is getting seven. I think that's too little. I like the Bucks in this one. And then Monday Night Football, the Chargers taking on the Indianapolis Colts. Chargers got a big win against the Los Angeles Titans. They're in the playoff picture. Coupled that with a Patriots loss is just massive for this team. Plus the Indianapolis Colts. I mean, they, what are we doing here, Jeff Saturday? But Indy's, uh, excuse me, Los Angeles is going to win that game. Breakout, Devin Singletary of the Buffalo Bills going up against the Chicago Bears. I like that game script. Plus, A.J. Brown going up against the Dallas Cowboys, one of the league's best defenses without Jalen Hurts. And I'm not saying that Garner Minshew is that big of a downgrade, but it's a combination of that and the matchup. That will do it for us today, guys. As always, thank you for listening. Um, episode 100, I'll mention it again. I appreciate you guys um, more than you know listening, tuning in um, every week. Guys, please, please send it to people that you think might enjoy it. Um, it would truly, truly mean a lot, but that'll do it for us today, guys. As always, go to our Gmail from ballparks to buzzer beers. I, the Gmail, excuse me, ballparks to buzzer beers at gmail.com. Also go to your website from ballparks to buzzer beers at dot from ball. Oh Jesus. From ballparks to buzzer beers.com. Our Gmail is there. Our Instagram is there. Our Twitter is there. Guys, DM us, email us, any positive negative feedback any segment ideas guys please we'd love to hear from you um especially maybe you want to pass on your um favorite players list maybe you agree with mine maybe you hate mine guys please don't hesitate to reach out but that'll do it for me today guys as always thank you for listening next week is our 2022 wrapped (laughs) i'm not trying to sound like spotify but it's our 2022 year in review about the Boston sports teams. Thank you guys for listening. I'm Perry Mortimer signing out with the From Ballparks to Buzzer Beer Sportscast. Have a good one, everybody.